do people become CEOs? How do they really spend their time? And if you're not one already, how might you become a CEO? My name's Matt Crabtree. I'm the founder of a management consulting company called Positive Momentum. And in this series of podcasts, we're going to be asking CEOs from a range of industries tough questions about their past, present, and of course, their view on the future. We'll learn who influenced them most, what they defend in their schedule at all costs, and the big changes they see coming up on their horizon. This is Meet the CEO. guest today is Johnny Thompson, CEO of Diploma PLC, a UK-listed international group of value-add distributor businesses that supply specialised products and services to a wide range of end segments in three key sectors, life sciences, seals, and controls. A highly diversified group, both geographically and from a sector perspective, Diploma PLC is highly focused on both inorganic and organic growth strategies. Johnny, welcome to Meet the CEO. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Fantastic. Now, Johnny, though you've spent 10 years with the legendary Compass Group uh, in a range of senior executive roles all around the world, actually, Diploma PLC, however, is your first time as a group chief exec. So let me start by asking you the question I ask all of my guests. Why did you become a CEO? Well, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I think the first thing I'd say is I've never, ever believed in long, long-term career planning. Uh, these, these people who have like 10-year visions of where they're going to be, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I find it actually a little bit of a distraction and potentially breeds kind of political behaviours, which I don't really go for. So I tend to just focus on doing a great job in the job that I'm doing, learning in the job that I'm doing, and then trusting in the fact that the right choices, the right opportunities will, will, will come along. Now, having said that, over time, I've kind of gravitated towards more leadership roles because, quite frankly, it's an emotional thing. I mean, I love the satisfaction of setting a vision um, and achieving that vision, um, but almost more importantly, the journey, you know, the adrenaline and the excitement of leading people through that journey, the complexities, the, the, the challenges, the highs and the lows, and, and that adrenaline and ultimately that satisfaction is what gets me going every day. I love that. It is an emotional thing. I think that's a really great way of describing it. And I think many CEOs in their heart, they do it because you get that adrenaline buzz, you get that emotional connection of leading people. I, I love that. Let's get into the day to day. It's been a pretty unusual last 12 or 14 months. Um, but what part of your day is sacrosanct? So in terms of how you operate day to day, what do you preserve at all costs in your day to day? I'm sure I'm not going to be alone in this answer. Matt, so sorry if I'm a bit boring with this one, but uh, I the morning for me is the key time. I'm an early riser, um, and I see that first hour, hour and a half of the day as my time. And it's really, I mean, I really tend to do two things. One of them is I listen to a lot of music, uh, and the second is I do a lot of exercise. Um, I you know I do yoga, I do running, I do swimming, I walk the dog. 
generally listening to to all sorts of different music and, and i just find that that sets me up emotionally and physically for the day and i go into the day therefore feeling like i'm on top of my game and i can get the best out of myself amazing now i'm gonna have to ask what what music choice come oh, on you gotta you gotta tell us I, I don't know I, I kind of i'm gonna embarrass myself now um i go from all sorts of stuff like folky type of things like uh mumford and sons and um Bears Den and uh, the National or things like that, all the way through to more funky stuff, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, The Killers, all sorts of different stuff. I love it. Fantastic. Directions we thought this podcast would never take. I love that. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Mumford and Sons to the Killers. Um, so listen, back to the back to the core questions. Um, in your in your couple of years, but more now that you've been CEO of Diploma, what's the most challenging situation that you've encountered i mean clearly covid has been extraordinary but either what about that or or what else has really challenged you as ceo and what have you learned from it well i'm going to cheat a little um i think i'm allowed to cheat aren't i I'm going to definitely cheat. um the biggest challenge and therefore the biggest satisfaction back to what i was saying earlier in my career hasn't necessarily been the last couple of years, although, as you say, COVID has had its moments. Um, biggest challenge in my career was leading a big business in Brazil. Um, and, you know, just in an environment that is so fundamentally different from what I was accustomed to, you know, politics, society, culture, language, the volatility of the markets, business practices, just so, so different. So, um, uncomfortable, at times threatening, um, definitely massively challenging to do, and ultimately, therefore, hugely rewarding. Um, and I've, you know, I've lived and worked abroad uh, for large chunks of my career, and I do think it's such a critical part of development. Um, you know, testing yourself in different environments, broadening, deepening, learning, development, etc. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, after I'd um, worked in Brazil for five or six years, I kind of felt that every other environment was just that bit easier, <laughs> you know. Uh, um, and I know for a fact, having been there, that companies like GE and, and a few others of these huge multinationals send their young management trainees down to countries like Brazil for that very reason, because if you can do it there, bloody hell, you can do it anywhere. So, you know, for me, that was both emotionally uh, and intellectually the biggest challenge of, of, of my career and the one that I have definitely learned the most from. Well, I don't think that's cheating at all. And I mean, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you for bits of advice for aspiring CEOs. But I'm I'm guessing one of those key bits of advice is is international experience in a in a challenging, different culture to the one you're used to, wherever you might find yourself in the world. I mean, for me, I think it's 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 important. It's not always practical for everyone to do, of course, and I get that. But the extent to which you can expose yourself to international environments different cultures, et cetera. I just think broadens the, the, the experience and it's very important. So let, let's talk about other things that broaden experience. Who's most influenced the way you lead today? Is there a particular person or, or a number of people who've really influenced uh, you as a leader? You used some words at the beginning of this call, call which I'm going to cheat again and repeat by saying, 
Um, categorically, the biggest influence on me has been um, Richard Cousins, who was uh, legendary CEO of Legendary Compass, in your words, not mine. Um, uh, he was my boss at Compass for my whole 10 years there. Um, he taught me many, many, many things. Um, uh, probably most importantly around business, the importance of focus, organizational alignment, organizational mood, and organizational pace, pace of change. Um, those kind of things that perhaps in a textbook or when you're a whippersnapper up and coming, you don't necessarily learn, but you watch as someone uh, navigates a huge organization through transition over a long period of time. Um, unfortunately, he very sadly passed away um, a few years ago, and I do miss him tremendously. But I, and I think about uh, in all of the difficult situations I face, I do think about what he would have done. Um, but what I have done, and I think is important for all CEOs, is to make sure that you do have a network of not just one, but a handful of people that you trust. Um, and that doesn't have to be formal coaching or counseling. It's actually just someone, you know, and I've got two or three, uh, probably actually a bit more than that, four or five, that I call up just to say, look, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And that sounding board is just really, really important in terms of reflection time, in terms of balance, um, and making sure that you're getting the right, the right, the, the right kind of decisions. Um, and I have, as, as I say, a handful of people that uh, that do that for me. But um, um, but yes, my my formative experiences at, at Compass were definitely the ones that I, I I learned the most, and that was through Richard Cousins. It's a great tribute to Richard, and he was indeed a, a real legend. You used the expression organisational mood. I'm not sure I've heard that um, before, but I really like it. Of course, one of the biggest impacts on organisational mood is the executive team. You've been for many years a, a member of executive teams, and now now leading your own at Diploma. What's the secret to a really effective executive team, Johnny? Um, yeah, I, th I, th I think there are many different aspects to it, but for me, a couple that I would I would pick out as important. I think uh, diversity, diversity of thought. Uh, there's no point in just having a group of ten people who all think the same and all do the same. Um, having diversity and therefore the ability to to challenge one another and contribute in different ways, I think is, is, is hugely important. Um, having said that, secondly, alignment. You've got to have alignment within that team around what your vision is and absolute clarity around the objectives that everyone has to meet that alignment. So you get that balance of diversity challenge, but also always trying to get, um, you know, the same, always in the same direction on the same on the same journey. And then the final point I've made quite, quite honestly, it's back to the kind of emotional point. It's probably back to the mood point as well is, is fun. You know, you've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy who you're working with. You've got to, you've got to be passionate about it. I mean, you might want to thump the person next to you every now and again. And, and that, and that we all, we all have those kind of thoughts, but, but in general, you know, I think you've got to have some camaraderie um, and to actually uh, enjoy the times you have together uh, and be passionate about it, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, at the senior end, we're all we're all excited about what we want to do, and I think that's a really important aspect of the mood. 
diversity alignment and fun that's a cracking little formula and uh, and it's the fun isn't it that comes out of that diversity of debate and discussion and then maybe disagreeing and as is famously said commit anyway and and get behind each other it's it's really great now Diploma's uh, been growing uh, very nicely um, under your leadership and your team. Uh, what, what lies ahead, Johnny? What's the biggest change on your horizon, um, either in terms of diploma or indeed more, more broadly in your industry? Um, well, I think we're in a world now, not just because of the pandemic, but even before it, where volatility and change is becoming um, much more the norm, really, isn't it? Um, uh, and I guess when I think about it, there are a number of different aspects that I could point to, but probably the one that I think is most relevant, not just for diploma and not just for my um, for my sector, but probably for business as a whole, is uh, the millennial workforce. Um, I feel that having two daughters myself, I can see it alive and kicking. I feel that the next generation that are growing up now and will come into the workforce will grow up with climate change much more at the front of their minds and you can see that in the way that they're schooled and the way that they think um they have the intensity of constant data and information which i find terrifying at times um and then of course they've got for for the younger people the significant event of the pandemic for all of us but when you're only 15 20 years old this last 18 months has been has been has been massive so i think all of that together when you put it together you've got to think about the mindset um you know, the uncertainty that those factors can breed um, and and indeed potentially the the, the anxiety um, are certainly, certainly a different set of values. And I think business leaders in the future will have to contemplate what that means in terms of how to create the right environment to get the best out of this new generation who will think in a very different way to, to, to us and to those before us. Yeah, they really will. As a uh, a fellow father of young adult daughters, I uh, I share your experience of being constant pain <laughs> and and the pleasure as well. You know, but I'm, absolutely, I am constantly schooled on uh, on how to think and uh, what direction to look in. And they are a, an extraordinarily well informed generation, and they're going to improve our businesses, aren't they? But we are going to need to think about how to create the environment for them to be successful in. But they are. They're going to make some. They're going to do some extraordinary things in the world. There's no. There's no question about it. Very, very well said. Um, uh, listen, Johnny. Finally, uh, in in our last few minutes together, I know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are either thinking about becoming a CEO maybe one day, or they've know they've got to work with uh, CEOs uh, around them as they progress through their um, careers. What's your three key pieces of advice for anybody who came to you and said hey listen i think I'd, i i want to move in the direction of a, of a ceo like you said not overthinking their career but just thinking directionally that might be where i i want to get to you've given us i think one golden nugget already about international experience what, what else would you advise an aspiring ceo to do or think or concentrate on well you know i guess the three things i'll mention are in some way links to what I've been talking about, you know, the answers to some of the previous questions. I mean, the first one is I really encourage people not to be political in their aspirations, not to over plan because it can lead to the wrong kinds of behaviors, but to focus primarily on doing the best job that, that, that you can and learning in the job that you're, that, that you're doing. And that would be always my, 
my first piece of advice. Um, the second is around focus and simplicity, something that I've learned throughout my career. And I think the international piece leads into this. It's about how to make the complex simple. Um, and one thing I learned a lot from Richard Cousins and, and uh, through my compass years and now at Diploma in kind of complex, diversified international businesses, keeping it simple, keeping it focused is the key to delivery. Um, and I, 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 and I, I've always believed in that. Uh, and as soon as you try and overcomplicate things, try and do too much, then you lose control, you lose uh, the ability to be able to execute. So uh, focus and simplicity, making the hard easy, I think would be my my second thing. And then the third one is the, is, is the emotional side. Um, you know, really thinking about the emotional aspects of, of your leadership. And that's first and foremost about how you look after yourself emotionally. Um, but secondly, how you view your organization from a mood perspective, you know, where is the organization? Um, how are people feeling, you know, at times like this, more important than any other time, I've probably used mood more times in the last 12 months than any other word. Where is the organization? How are people feeling collectively? And how can we support them through the next part of, of, of the journey? Because, you know, I use the word alignment from an executive perspective, but if you want organizational alignment, you need to understand at any given time the mood. Um, and so I think those emotional aspects are sometimes things that when you're a whippersnapper coming up, you don't necessarily learn about or, or, or get much visibility of. But increasingly, as people get into more senior roles, I think it's critical that they consider it. It's been a really fantastic theme of this podcast um, is this question of mood, this question of emotion, not just your own emotion, but the organization's emotion and how to manage that and concentrate on it concentrate on your own mental health do that yoga listen to Mumford and Sons or the Killers and get yourself in the right space but also help others to get in the right space help the team to get in the right space these have been really really fantastic bits of advice Johnny I want to on behalf of everybody who's listening thank you so much for taking part in this uh, wish you and the team great continued success at Diploma uh, Johnny Thompson thanks so much for being with us thanks for your time Matt great to speak well, yet another Meet the CEO podcast crammed full of wisdom and no-nonsense advice there from Johnny. The theme of getting the organisational mood right, critically by getting your own state right first, predominated our conversation, didn't it? But that's not to underestimate Johnny's advice on getting international experience if you can. Building a group of trusted people you can use as a regular sounding board. And that final emphasis on that sometimes elusive but so prized a competency of being able to make the complex simple. Building a great executive team? Well, for Johnny, that's all about diversity, alignment and fun. A straightforward formula so compelling that I suspect it might be making its way to a PowerPoint slide near you sometime soon. Thanks again to Johnny for a really engaging conversation. And if you've enjoyed it and haven't yet subscribed to Meet the CEO, then what are you waiting for? If you have, then please give us a rating. And I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode of Meet the CEO.